Amen. Well, today we're wrapping up our series, Teach Us to Pray. As we talked about, we're doing this series along with that church over in Canton, Texas, and one of my best friends, Adam Henderson, so excited to be walking through this together with him. In fact, I told him that we should write a book called uh, Teach Us to Pray, and we'll, I thought it would be fun to put all of these uh, sermons together over the last five weeks and uh, really get that out there. So we'll see if that happens, right? That could be exciting. A great Christmas gift for your friends, not for you. You've, you've been here, so you don't need it. But teach us to pray. We got one last part here. Uh, does anyone know? If you know it, shout it out really loud. It's for thine is the kingdom. Yeah, that's hilarious. You're like, okay, I remember. I used to go to a Presbyterian church. I, I think I remember this. For thine. But then it's kind of stressful, isn't it? Because what order does it go? Is it kingdom glory power? Or is it power glory kingdom? Or is it kingdom... For thine is the... Say it with me. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thine... You've been using thine lately, anybody? Right? It brings you back to your high school drama department days, right? Shakespeare, Romeo, Juliet, thine, thy, thou. What's thine? What, what does that mean? For thine, we say, someone said over here, say it again. Yours. Yeah, yours. Your, so yours is the kingdom. Yours is the glory. Oh, I even made it wrong there. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Forgive me, Father. And yours is the glory forever and ever. Do you believe that? Is that true? Yours. Who's the yours there, by the way? Who is that? God, specifically, what's the very beginning of the verse? I want us to really have this in our hearts today. What's the very beginning of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father. So let's go ahead and pray the whole thing together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Here it is. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we're praying to our Father. As we already covered earlier, several weeks ago, praying from that place of position, right? That we are His sons, we are His daughters, and He is our Father. Uh, we, we talked about how we're play, praying from a place of provision. Uh, some of you grabbed some of those gift cards. I've heard testimonies of how those gift cards have been used in mighty ways in the kingdom of God. But from that place of provision where the Lord is giving you what you need every day, your daily bread. We, we pray from a place of pardon. That was so powerful. Braden Bergeron, praise the Lord for that message on just that we pray uh, from a place of truly a freedom, a freedom freedom that where i once was stuck in my sins trapped in my sins i've been set free and because of the freedom i've received in forgiveness how could i keep that gift to myself right how could i begin to just go around casting judgment on everybody else no as i have received that forgiveness in my own life i'm gonna freely forgive those around me and then last week my beautiful bride mary so powerful when she talked about how our good father delivers us from evil Today, we're talking all about the power of God. Everybody say power. Power. We're praying from a position of power. Power. Not, by the way, not your power. Sorry to 
break the news for you, but you are not a superhero. I know the first time I watched that Spider-Man, you know the old Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? Anybody else just, when I saw that, I I came out of that movie theater, I was like, I'm going to climb this wall because I got Spidey sense and sticky fingers. And anyone else just ready to be Spider-Man? You're just like, nothing happened. You're not a superhero, but I know one who is. It's his power, his kingdom, his glory. By the way, it's so important that we pray this way, pray in this spirit, with this attitude, with this mindset, where our prayers are not focused on me, right? The unholy trinity of me, myself, and I, like my kingdom, my power, my glory, but that everything we say, everything we do, if it was all put in a bucket, that bucket is getting thrown onto Jesus, right? Come on. Your kingdom, your power, your glory. Amen. This is a word for some of you today. I was uh, working on my message this week. If you ever start feeling like you're kind of getting the glow of the limelight, if that spotlight just starts shining your direction, I want to encourage you today. First, I'd say this. You don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to hide from that light. Do not hide from the positions and the places that the Lord wants to take you. But could you just do me a favor? When you step up, could you just make sure you bring a really, really big mirror with you? Like the biggest mirror that you would reflect any glory and all glory that you might receive from others and just shine it on to Jesus. <laughs> right? Come on. Like if you're, if you're ever tempted to start believing the hype about yourself. I mean, hello, pride. Where does it go? It comes before the fall. So, so no matter what, like, you got to hear this. What makes you so special, and I believe you are special, but what makes you so beautiful, what makes you so powerful, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Can I get an amen on that one, right? Come on, it's about Jesus. And again, don't hide from the places the Lord wants to take you, but when you get there, just make sure you are completely, radically, uh, all in, trusting, not in yourself, but trusting in the Lord. And really, wherever He wants to take you, whether the mission, the assignment, the calling that He has on your life, whether it's in front of 10 people or 10,000 people, my prayer for you, my heart for you as your pastor is that everything you would say, everything that you would do, that those around you, sitting next to you, listening to you, watching you, that they would see a man, they would see a woman who keeps giving the praise and the honor and the glory to God, that you are reflecting any praise that you might receive onto Him. Again, say it with me, because yours is the kingdom yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever amen we got to get this right church if this would be the spirit of our prayer in fact check, check this one it, next time you're praying i want you to really think about what you're praying i want you to think about the words that you're praying who is your prayer focused on when you pray is it self-focused is it self-centered Or is it God-focused, God-centered? And I'm not saying don't ask for things. Praise the Lord. God says you can ask for things. In fact, He loves to give good gifts. He's a good Father. But He wants your prayers. He wants your petitions. But would all of it, and again, we just got to get this right, church, that all of it would come from a heart that desires His kingdom to come on earth and for His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And by the way, I hope this isn't just the spirit of our prayers, but I hope this is the spirit of our lives. That we would live lives 
with the Spirit. That our lives, the, the way you journey, the way you navigate, the way you walk through your days on this earth, that everything you say and everything you do, again, it's just with highlight Christ. Again, like that mirror where any adoration, any praise you get from people, again, it would reflect off of you and it would bring glory to Christ. But also, I'd say it this way, any light that you receive from Christ's direction, because don't you know, uh, we are called to radiate His glory. Right? We have Christ in, a, in the light of Christ. As we radiate His glory, that any light that we receive from Him, it would reflect off of us and what? Shine on to others. Isn't that how you want to live your life, church? Right? Where they would see the light of Christ and that you would always reflect them where people... And by the way, I hope that people really get to know the real you. Like that when they see the real you, they still see Christ. When, when they see the depths of who you are, when they experience what you're like, like not just here, but around the dinner table, right, at Thanksgiving, uh, what you're like on Facebook, that when they see you, that when they would experience the good, the bad, and the ugly of your life, not just your perfections, but your imperfections, not just your victories, but your defeats, but that in everything that you are, that Jesus would shine so brightly through you. Jesus, the hope of glory. Isn't that, just to think that Randy, I love Randy, Randy's one of my best friends, that when I look into the windows of his heart, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. Not because he's perfect, but because Christ is perfect in you. Jesus. This is good, by the way. This is powerful. All right, I got some questions. We'll see who really knows me. My wife's not here, so I'm in trouble here. But, um, Who's my favorite musician? Now, before you answer that, I want you to think about that. I have a favorite band, but I also have a favorite musician. Now, my favorite band is, anybody? Coldplay for the win. Two points, Ryan. We'll give them to you later. All right, Coldplay is my favorite band. Who's my favorite musician? This is a a tough one. Harry Connick Jr., you're right. Wow. That, That right there, that group, there's a lot of, you know, God is working in that group over there. So that's right. Coldplay, Harry Connick Jr. Well, he had a show, and yeah, that's all right, none of you watched it. It got canceled. But he had a show, and he had a guy on that show called Tim Tebow. Anyone remember Tim Tebow? He played at the University of Florida, brief uh, career in the NFL, and now he's a minor league baseball player. But in regards to all that we're talking about today, I just wanted to show this clip. It's two of my favorite people talking about what we're talking about today. So let's watch this together. I want to ask you about one part of the book. When you talk about on your eye black, when you wrote 316 yeah. in the Bible, can you tell the people about the uncanny coincidence that happened in a press conference a few years later? Yeah, well, we were playing for the national championship um, in college on January 8, 2009, and I decided to wear John 316 under my eyes. And during the game, uh, 94 million people Googled John 316, and it was a pretty cool moment. Well, exactly three years later, we happened to be playing the Pittsburgh Steelers in the first round of the playoffs when I was with the Denver Broncos. And I didn't even know that it was exactly three years later. It was ja- uh, January 12th. Or January 8, 2012, exactly three years later to the day, I just went out there and tried to do whatever I could to win a playoff game. And afterwards, I'm going into the press conference because I love talking to the media. <laughs> and uh, our PR guy jumps in front of me and says, Timmy, did you realize what happened? I was like, yeah, we just beat the Steelers. We're going to play the Patriots. He was like, no, did you realize what happened? I was like, all right, Patrick, what's up? He said, it's exactly three years later from the day that you wore John 3.16 in your eyes. I was like, oh, that's really cool. He said, no, I don't think you realize what happened. 
During the game, you threw for 316 yards. Your yards per rush were 3.16. Your yards per completion were 31.6. The ratings for the game were 31.6. And the time of possession was 31.6. And during the game, 90 million people had already Googled John 3.16. It was the number one trending thing on Facebook and Twitter. And a lot of people will say, it's coincidence. I say, big God. Isn't that awesome? 90 million people searched 316. Again, a guy wildly popular, Tim Tebow, he's reflecting the glory onto Jesus. Millions upon millions searching. 90 million searching John 316. Whose kingdom are you living for, Life Spring? Whose kingdom are you living for? You know, a little bit later in Matthew 6, and Matthew 6 is where we get the Lord's Prayer from, but I want you to hear this verse. The, Jesus, he's talking to people, and he's kind of just saying, why are you worrying so much? Why are you worrying about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear? He says, you know, pagans, they, they're going to run after these things. But he says, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He, he knows that you need uh, food and, and drink and, and clothing. But listen to what he says in verse 33. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and what all these things will be given to you as well. Now, it's such a powerful verse. Maybe you've heard it before. I think it's important in, in times like this to remember to have one like this imprinted on our hearts and minds. So let's go ahead and say it together. Matthew six thirty-three. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. One more time. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom. By the way, living for the Father's kingdom is always going to be better than living for your own kingdom. I wrote that down this week and I just said out loud, Amen. I mean, it's always better. Because when we're living for His kingdom, when we're seeking first the things of His kingdom, now we got everything we need, right? And we, we have this incredible uh, place uh, where we are now getting those benefits that we spent five weeks talking about, right? We're praying, again, from a place of position, from provision, from pardon, from protection and power. Now, when we get in trouble is when we go into prodigal son mode. You know what I'm talking about? You ever been tempted to go into full prodigal son mode? You go to the Father. What do you do? You ask for your inheritance early. You leave and you squander it all away on worldly living. And we all know where that ends up. You know where that leads you to? It, yeah, it leads you being envious of the pigs. In fact, I think it's Luke 15, 16. He says, he longed, right? He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating. See, that's what happens, right? We've, many of us have tasted that, right? That's what happens when you're living for your own kingdom. But life spring, man, my burden in my heart for you today is you don't have to go there. As tempting as it is, you don't have to go there. You can let a faith rise up. You can let a radical trust rise up. You do not have to run away. You can stay close to Him. You can live in the abundance of His kingdom. Because, come on, right now, I love what Pastor Laura said, but right now there are so many things in this world that are trying to get you, convince you to leave the Father's kingdom. So many things. Vying for your attention. Vying for your affection. Right? Whether they be drugs, alcohol, politicians, immoral sex, material possessions. They're all preaching at you, by the way. 
They're all giving you their best sermon. They're all telling you, hey, come over here. I got the answer. Hey, come over here. This is going to satisfy. This is going to fulfill. They're all saying, I'm the solution. But see, in Christ, would the Spirit today speak loudly to you that He is the only solution. He is the only one who satisfies. It's Christ. Come back to the Father. Come back to His kingdom. It's Christ, in Christ, through Christ, because of Christ, you are adopted into the family of God. Because of Christ, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And in Christ, I declare that you have everything you need. Praise the Lord. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So we live for His kingdom. You might want to write that down. We're living for His kingdom. But then how do we do that? If we're going to commit by faith not to chase after the things of this world and truly live for His kingdom, how do we do this? And again, Jesse, I love what you said. I know that we have people watching this right now all over the world. I wanted to make sure this message would be applicable to anyone, anywhere in the entire world. So how do you do this? Wherever you might be watching this from, how do you live for the kingdom of God? Well, I'd say you live for the kingdom of God by the power of God. Again, if you're taking notes, write that down. You live for the kingdom of God by the power of God. For thine is the kingdom and the power. The power. You live by His power. This, this might be, by the way, the most important breakthrough that can happen in a Christian. I've had the privilege of seeing this happen so many times where Christ and, and His relationship with the follower, it just, there's this radical shift that happens where they were kind of just doing the Christian thing. You could even say maybe kind of an American Christian thing. And then all of a sudden, they're transformed and changed where they truly begin to live by the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of them. And, and this change, it's so obvious. Anyone ever notice that in somebody? Where it, It's just obvious. Like, we don't even need to debate it. Again, I've just seen it so many times with my own eyes. Someone just radically begins to change and transform as they live by the power of the Holy Spirit working within them. But see, in our culture, this version of Christianity um, is not that popular. There is a different version of Christianity that is popular. Maybe you've lived this way before. To say it's dead and it's where that you believe in Jesus, but it's kind of more like in an intellectual way, I guess. Like, yeah, no, I, I believe in Him. But then you do this weird thing. You continue to live your life as if nothing ever happened. You do the exact same things the day after as you did the day before. And then when you take that last breath on earth, ha-ha, I got the holy get-out-of-hell-free card. <laughs> you go to St. Peter, got it, and you get to go to heaven. I, I just think that is such a common way of being a Christian these days. It's really just a way to go to heaven and not go to hell. And what happens, and I'm a pastor, I've been pastoring for a while, is these types of Christians, they just kind of get confused. They're confused, so then why am I on earth? Like, why am I still here? Like, what do I do? I mean, I got Jesus to get me out of hell, but what do I do in the meantime? Again, some of us have wa I've walked that way before. Like, well, what do I do? And then you're like, well, I guess I should be nice to people. I can recycle. 
right? Like, you, you just are kind of just grinning and bearing it until you get to heaven. But yet that version of Christianity is so void of what the Bible actually says about the Christian life. Or what the Bible actually says about what it means to put your faith and believe in Christ. See, when we believe in Christ, the Bible says that we're spiritually born again. It's not like just the next day of just living the same life that you've always lived. No, you are radically born again. It says the old is gone, the new has come. Is anyone else in this house today born again? Spiritually born again. Radically made new. In Christ, we're told that we're given a new heart. We're given His Spirit. The Holy Spirit even takes residence within us. See, we're a new creation in Christ. Everyone say that. New creation. This is so important we understand. And then uh, it gets even better because then we invite the Holy Spirit to be unleashed in our lives through what we call what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now we're given uh, power from heaven above to do what he has called us to do. And now it's not just about getting to heaven. Again, that version of Christianity that so many of us live, that we are just trying to get into heaven. But now, like, it's a whole new way of living. You got new eyes, you got new ears. Now it's like, man, I'm getting trained, I'm getting equipped, I'm getting empowered, I'm getting ready to be part, not of me trying to get to heaven, but God bringing heaven to earth. I'm playing my part in His kingdom coming, His will being done on earth as it is in heaven. Anybody else a part of that game? Praise the Lord. Like, that's the excitement of a Spirit-filled, Spirit-empowered life. The Lord, His Spirit, using you, using me, to bring heaven on earth. When His disciples got baptized in and with the Holy Spirit, church, everything changed. They, they all of a sudden were on mission. On mission. You ever been on mission before? I mean, they didn't just coast their way into the pearly gates. They rolled up their sleeves. They got to work and they laid down their lives for the kingdom of God. That's what each of us have been called to. You have a calling on your life. There's a calling on your life. He calls you ambassador. He calls you representative. You're a spokesperson for the kingdom of God. In fact, you come in the name of Jesus. You come in the power and the authority in the name of Jesus. And you shine the light of Jesus and the light of His kingdom into a dark and sinful world. But remember, you come in and you shine that light as a citizen of His kingdom. A citizen. You know what citizens of this kingdom look like? They look like what Pastor Laura said. They look like people who are just dripping with the fruit of the Spirit. Dripping with the fruit of the Spirit. Citizens of the kingdom of God, they just got something going on in their face. They're like, what is wrong with you? Like the way, why, you just keep smiling. Stop smiling. Like there's just something wrong with a kingdom-minded person because they got this joy. Listen to what the Bible says. Romans 14, 17. It says the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but the kingdom of God, the kingdom that you and I are citizens of. What is it? It's righteousness. It's peace and it's joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's a word for you today. Joy right now. In October 2020. Joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with what? All joy and all peace as you believe in Him so that you may overflow with hope. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. The Christian life is not some anemic life where you're just crawling your way into heaven. But instead, it's the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And we go through our lives, even seasons like these, full of joy, peace, and hope. You know, I, I say this often. I don't know if everyone likes it. But the Christian walk, the daily Christian walk, I don't know how you do it without the Holy Spirit. I don't think those are like separable. In my opinion, as I read the Bible, the Christian walk is always a spirit-filled and a spirit-led walk. And yet again, that version of Christianity, it really hasn't been that popular in our country in the past. In fact, I'd hear people say this uh, quite often. In fact, a guy I went golfing with once. The kind of fun thing when you're golfing by yourself is you get paired with somebody else. And little did they know that they're being paired with a pastor. But so we're, we're just kind of talking. I try not to say I'm a pastor because that kind of bends the conversation real quick so we're just talking and talking about life and he even said i believe in jesus but he said but don't talk about that holy spirit stuff anybody ever had that told you before right i'll I'll take jesus but holy no swinging from the chandelier no no swinging from the chandelier no don't go there i don't want to hear about that they like the idea of jesus being out there somewhere maybe up in heaven they like the idea of him saving them. Right? That woohoo! Save me. But the idea of God actually kind of messing with their lives, you know what I'm talking about? Like in the most amazing, incredible, adventurous way, where he actually is stirring within them, where he's actually being activated within them, where he is now moving in power, where he's actually influencing your everyday life, your choices, your decisions. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, hold on. I don't know about that. We are right now in a country that severely rejects that form of Christianity. They don't even want to touch it. But here's the deal. If if you're going to reject the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're actually going to have to reject much of the Bible. You're just going to have to take your scissors and just get it out of there. (laughs) Because verse after verse after verse describes the Spirit's empowerment and that it is not some weird fringe movement, but it is a normal part of the Christ follower's everyday life. I mean, there's too many scriptures to share in this short time that we have together, but I just want to read a few. Look at this. This is all about His power living where? In us and through us. We read this one every week, don't we? Come on. You guys know it. Let's say it together. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. A little bit earlier, chapter 1, he says, I ask that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and the surpassing greatness of what? Of his power to us who believe. Second Peter 1, 3, one of my favorite verses, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself, by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. Praise God. Again, trying to live the Christian life without the Holy Spirit, that's trying to use your fancy-dancy Vitamix blender and not plugging it in. I want that smoothie just as much as you do, but if you want that smoothie, you've got to plug that baby in. Right? 
You're never going to be able to do what you were designed and created to do unless you are connected to the source. You've got to be connected to the source. And as a Christian, you might want to write this one down. We live for God by the power of God. Do not try to do this thing on your own. It's going to be exhausting and a tad bit depressing and very, very overwhelming. Do not try to live the Christian life on your own, by your own power. You live for God, by the power of God. I remember Pastor Chad. Pastor Chad has had such an influence on my life. The founder of LifeSpring, he would mentor me in all this from time to time. He would talk to me about someone attending church, and, and he would say, you know, they say they're a Christian, but I don't know if they're really saved. I didn't know you could say that, by the way. But he would say so. And I was like, whoa. But, but what he was saying, and again, he's not their judge, and ultimately they get to stand before their God. But what he was saying from a pastoral experience was he was saying they had a, heart, a head knowledge, like they believed that Jesus existed, but it had never gotten down to their heart. They had never had that radical, personal encounter with Jesus where they were spiritually reborn he would also say this he would say he could tell if someone had not been baptized with the power of the holy spirit he said you know i just i can tell that person needs a baptism of the holy spirit and this week i I was processing all of this and it's crazy to think about those conversations 10 years later 10 a decade later because those people all of them i don't even know where they are they have fallen away Because again, they were trying to walk out this version of the Christian life that does not rely on the power of God. But instead, I don't know, again, maybe just I'm trying to have good morals. I'm trying to be a good person. Just kind of surviving, you know. Just surviving until I make it to heaven. That's so radically different than the life that Jesus died for you to live. He died for you to live an abundant life. He died for you to live a life where you don't just survive, but where you thrive. He wants you to be filled up. He wants to baptize you. He wants to activate you to do what He has called you to do in advance. The good work that He has prepared in advance for you to do. He wants to activate you by the power of His Holy Spirit. That's the life I want to live. I'm not crawling into heaven. I'm sprinting into heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Especially for those of you that think I'm just crazy right now. This is not fringe theology. This is not fringe theology. This is the basics of Christianity. The Christian life is a spirit-filled, spirit-led life. Let's hear it from Jesus Himself. This is from the mouth of Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He declares, Say it with me, church. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus is the baptizer in and with the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we might receive His power to be His witnesses. Life spring. It's never been more serious. It's never mattered more than right now. 
that we would be His church, empowered by the Spirit of God to be His witnesses in Edgewood, in King County, in the state of Washington, in the United States of America, and throughout the world. I love it. I I got two phone calls from Ghana while we were worshiping. Praise the Lord. I didn't answer. I'll call you back later. And then I want to encourage you, even if this season has beat you up, and I'm sure even the most godly person, wherever they are, I mean, there's been hard parts of this season. And if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling exhausted, if 2020 has just taken its best shots, if you're feeling broken down, if you're feeling like you can't go any further, if you're feeling like, man, I'm just so weak, I want to encourage you, even in your weakness, your life can still be a witness to those around you. Even in your weakness, the power of God can still shine brightly through you. Look at what 2 Corinthians says. It says, this is God speaking over your life today. If you're discouraged today, He's speaking this over your life. He says, my son, my daughter, my grace is sufficient for you. For what? My power is made perfect in weakness. Praise the Lord. So however you came in those doors today, however you came onto Facebook or onto our website today, you have the opportunity to leave here today by the power of God, by His power. So we're living in His kingdom. We're living by His power. But then what is it all for? What is it all for? It's His power flowing through us for His glory. Everybody say glory. His kingdom, His power, His glory. Again, like that mirror, like that clip from Tim Tebow, right? We are here to make His name known to the world. That salvation belongs to our God. That the world would see how great our God truly is. That He's faithful. That He's good. That He's loving. That He's gracious. He's kind. He's perfect. He's perfect in His mercy. He's perfect in His justice. The God you serve, He doesn't break His promises. God will always fulfill His word. The one who started the whole thing. Do you believe this, church? That the one who started the whole thing, that He's going to finish what He started. Do you believe that, church? That His Son, Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Lamb of God, He's coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's going to make everything right. Do you believe that, church? Do you believe He's coming back to make everything right? That He's going to judge and condemn the wicked to eternal punishment and He's going to leave those saved by the blood of Jesus into everlasting, eternal life. That's what I believe. And I want to close with this. This is so important. One of the greatest ways for God to receive the glory in your life is when you turn back to Him. Again, I don't know what you've been doing. I don't know how you've been living. I don't care what you call yourself. I don't know what label you've put on yourself. But regardless, I just want you to hear this today. That one of the greatest ways that God receives glory in your life is when you turn back to Him. When you're that prodigal son who returns to your father, He receives glory. He receives glory. You know why? Because it shows that it's not about what you've done, but it's about what He has done. He receives the glory because it shows that it's about 
His love, His grace, His mercy poured out on those who repent and truly turn to Him. He receives glory when you turn to Him. You know, He also receives glory in your life when you passionately begin to follow and obey Him. God receives glory as people see that you're not the same as you once were. Right? That you've changed. That you're different. That you're not the same. You've been transformed. He receives glory in your life. He receives glory in your life as He finishes the good work that He started in you. He receives glory in your life as those around you begin to look at you and they're just like, what happened? Like, who are you? You used to be so pessimistic and sarcastic and like now you're giving me encouraging texts telling me that you love... Like, what? Who? How? You know who gets the glory for that? The Lord. He receives the glory as those around you begin to take notice of the good works that you're doing. That you're doing. I, I get that. Like It's like, oh, no. Like, no. Just make sure you bring the mirror. Because those good works that He has called you to do when you do them, you know who gets the glory? God. You better be obedient to the Lord. Shine His light by your words, by your actions. Man, don't you want your friends and your family and your co-workers to see those good works and glorify the Lord? I sure do. I sure do. And finally, church, God receives the glory in your life when you allow the Holy Spirit's power to break through and to be activated inside of you. And we're going to sing a song here that actually Ryan and I wrote with the help of my brother Jeff. And as we sing this song... I would just say it this way. Allow the Lord to move in this place. Allow the Lord to move. We're in His presence, church. Uh, We just read this morning in our daily reading plan about Cornelius. Right? We just read that. Acts chapter 10. Cornelius brings Peter over to his house and he's got the whole household there. Cornelius, by the way, he wasn't a Jewish man, the Gentile, but he was a seeker. He was seeking after the Lord. So he brought Peter into his house. And the Bible tells you, if you read uh, Luke 10 or Acts 10, it actually tells you that the presence of God was there. But then Peter starts talking and it says, while Peter was talking, the spirit fell on the people. And they all began to speak in other languages. And tongue. While he was talking, they didn't have to go through any ritual or routine or steps. It just, as he was talking, the presence of God was there and he's talking and it falls on his people. A radical just move of God's salvation fell upon a group of Gentiles who were seeking after God. I pray that would happen again today. That we're in his presence. And that is power, the power of His Spirit would fall in this place today. As we sing, just be reminded that it's His kingdom. If you've been caught up living for your own kingdom, if you've been caught up living for the kingdoms of this world, maybe just whisper that even now. No, it's your kingdom. Maybe you've been living the Christian life, but it's felt powerless. Maybe you're more doing that dead and powerless religion that I was talking about earlier.
Well, then I just say, allow Jesus right now. Allow him, give him permission to baptize you in and with the power of the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, that's what he says. He goes, Jesus, he is the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. He's going to baptize you with the Spirit and fire. So if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, give him permission. Right now, like you've given him 90%, give him the whole enchilada. Give him 100%. And let him come upon you today in power. He's willing to baptize you, church. I promise you, you will never be the same. May God receive all the glory today.